0: Ready for some word? Go with me in your Bibles today to Psalm 16. Psalm 16. Father, we're so thankful for your very presence, thankful for your life in us, for what you're doing here in this place. I thank you, Lord, that there's not an individual who has escaped your thoughts here today. And Lord, I thank you for this Holy Spirit of God who fills us, surrounds us, comes upon us. Even today, we are the life-giving church filled with the Spirit of God. And thank you, Lord, for all the things that correspond to that atmosphere. Thank you for all that you want to do, you can do. In Jesus' name, be it so. Be it unto us according to your word, according to your great plan, according to what you have made available. We receive it, we walk in it, and we enjoy it today. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Psalm 16, I want to begin here today. 16, verse 11, reads this way. You will show me the path of life. Let me know the path of life is a good path. That's a lot better than the path of death. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Praise God. Fullness of what? Joy and pleasures forever. Forevermore. Those are a couple good words here today. Joy and pleasure. And they're in the Bible. You don't have to feel bad about them. (laughs) don't have to feel like uh you know we're in the wrong place talking about the wrong thing we're unspiritual in any way no these are the words of god in his presence is joy and pleasure it's really nice one thing that i think all people desire in life is happiness is contentment uh no matter where you go, what part of the world, ultimately, it's what people are looking for. They want to be fulfilled. They want to have a good life. And that can be defined in different ways by different people. Not all, uh, not all are accurate. However, people want to be, they want to be happy. Now, sometimes we think that that happiness, that fulfillment is directly tied to where we live, uh, what we're wearing, what we're driving, uh, the temperature of the water just past the sand. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> uh, those type of things, or being around certain people, that if we only had certain individuals in our life, uh, if we had a certain if we had the right job and we think that our, our happiness or our fulfillment, is directly connected to all those things. But, really, ultimately, I think what we're looking for, what people are looking for, is not those things, but the way that those things make them feel. Or at least what they hoped those things would do inside of them. If you could take away uh, any exterior, but a person could live in a, you know, a two-by-two square, (laughs) but be completely fulfilled and, and full of joy and happiness, they wouldn't need anything else outside of that little square, right? Ultimately, though, we're looking for that experience, but often we think it is found in some of these externals. But now look at the the Scripture here. We, we, We need to see the character of God. We need to recognize the way that He is. And apparently, He wants us to experience full joy and pleasure forever. That's His nature. If you had God's perfect will in your life today, you would be so happy You could hardly contain it. You would experience intense pleasure continually. This is the kind of God we serve. Anybody going to stay with him? You can see that the atmosphere that the Lord prefers, because it's talking about in His presence... The atmosphere that He prefers, that He desires, that He designed, is one of joy and pleasure. So, if that is the condition of what surrounds Him, His presence, then that would tell me the closer I get to Him, the more I am going to be full of joy and pleasure this also reveals to me that if i'm not extremely happy abundantly joyful and living life with pleasure continually that i must not be what in his presence Because that's what's in His presence. Someone said, Oh, I've just been with the Lord all day. (laughs) Lord who? (laughs) Not the Lord. Because that's not what happens when a person is with Him. You might have been with yourself. Huh? Huh? thinking you were with the lord like the like jesus said of the uh, the scripture said of the pharisee that prayed thus with himself you know he stood on the cor- corner and prayed with himself <laughs> that's not a good prayer life <laughs> but oftentimes people Say, I've been with the Lord, I've been walking with the Lord, and yet their demeanor, yet their countenance, yet what's happening in and through their life does not match the revealed will of God that shows us what His presence is like. So again, the closer I get to Him, the more pleasure I'll know, the more joy I'll know, the more distant I am from Him, the more sadness and dissatisfaction I will know. And also, by the way, the more then I am likely to look to the world for a substitution. The more likely I am going to look for the things in this life, the things of this world and of the flesh to fulfill me and to bring me the happiness that I so crave. Because no one wants to be sad. No one wants to be down. No one wants to be uh, discontent. And so we are we are all going to do something to find it. We're going to look somewhere. We're going to try to engage in certain activities. Certain, uh, go certain places. Be with certain people. Ultimately because we're trying to get that feel good. We're trying to get that... Yes, now I'm happy. Now, now my life is good. Now I'm going to going to, going to enjoy. Now, side note from a theological perspective, uh, in case you're battling with this at all, the scripture does say the Lord will never leave us or forsake us, and so it's a, it is a spiritual um, reality reality that the Lord is already here. And even if a person is down and feeling feeling blue and. And all this stuff that really doesn't mean the Lord has left you, but it does indicate a level of consciousness and awareness of His presence. Okay, the revelation of God is needs to be there. It's like the in the in the Old Testament, uh, Elisha said uh, to the Lord regarding Gehazi, his servant, he said, "Open his eyes so he can see," because it looked like they were in big big trouble with the the Syrian army around them he said open his eyes and and when he did he saw Gehazi saw what was happening in the spirit and that there were there were there were uh, many angels and the mighty host of heaven and chariots of fire and all the, they were surrounding them and they were there the whole time he just didn't see it but when he became aware of it it changed his demeanor it changed his confidence level and how many know when we are are aware of the very presence of the Lord, uh, it'll change the way we view life, change the way we conduct ourselves. But I want to start with this very important concept. This is the way that the Lord is. I I, I think if we don't know this, like I said, we'll gravitate towards the the world to fulfill our lives, our desires, to make us happy. Sometimes that's just in being consumed with certain activities. Sometimes it goes into more dangerous stuff like drugs and, and, and that type of lifestyle where people are trying to get the feel good. I want to be happy and I need this substance or I need this. But, but I tell you, ultimately, and I can say this in here, whatever we start desiring and, and wanting more than the Lord in our life becomes an idol to us. All right. Ultimately, you and I, because uh, most of us in here have given our heart and our life fully to the Lord, we have to recognize what He wants to do and His desire for us so that we don't uh, start playing with the things of the world. And so, the world paints a very false picture of God. And I say the world, I could expand on that and say religion does i can say that many times uh, we have had a false conception of the lord uh, but it's it's that of of displeasure um that he's the cosmic killjoy you know that the lord basically wants to take away from us the things that are enjoyable in life that he wants to he, he wants us to act a certain way to avoid everything fun <laughs> I heard a story one time of a person who, uh, uh, it was in a third world. I don't remember the details, but I remember the gist of it was this. But this uh, individual traveling there brought ice cream to this person. This person was a believer in a foreign land far away from, uh, you know, civilized society as we know it. And they, they would brought ice cream to these people. And this woman tastes this ice cream and immediately throws it down on the ground. And she was just so taken back. She said, "That is so good. That can't be of God." <laughs> and I thought, "Well, what's going on here? Because we know ice creams of God." And uh, <laughs> right? Any agreement in the house? Do we have? Can, are, are we in unity today? Come on! <laughs> and cookies and cream is the only way. But anyway, what what a messed up image of God. That if something is really good, if it tastes that good, it can't be of Him. Because if you're really close to God, you probably are more serious. If you're really close to the Lord, you're very somber and, uh, uh, you know, just... I don't know, boring? <laughs> because you know that's the way God is, right? Never a, never a laugh, never a smile, just stoic God. And if we're serious about Him, we should be that way. Because that's the definition of holy, right? Holy means dead. Dead. You look at the condition of so much religion in the world, people are not happy. People are not excited. People are not overflowing with laughter and celebration. I mean, it's a very very difficult thing, even in our circles, in our world, in, in our country, to find songs, to find worship music that is celebratory. Everything is whiny. And even the stuff that's good, that's scriptural, it's all the contemplative, it's all the I'm dedicating my life to you type of stuff. And that's not bad, but there's just a great absence of revelation in the body of Christ that the Lord is happy, that we won, that we have victory, and the the vast majority of our time ought to be in celebration. It ought to be in joy. It ought to be just flowing out of us. Man, wh- where'd you come from? What's going on all over you? Just came out of church. No. See, what's the mindset? Church um, is, is boring. That's what most people think. And it's, and it's to some, I think, there's an expectation, like, it's supposed to be there. This is my duty. This is my this is my my drudgery. I go because I'm a Christian, or I'm, I have to, or I'm committed, or someone expects it of me, and I hate it. I mean, I'd rather bleed, but I'm going to go, huh? And don't get me wrong. I've been to some of those services. I've been to stuff where I thought, please let me out of here. I'm going to go. Out, I'm going to out of here and bleed, and and, and be happier. <laughs> Maybe have a gaping wound. <laughs> but the lie is you sell out your life to God, and what happens? Your life will be dull. You will stop doing the things that everyone enjoys so much. This is such a lie. And such a misrepresentation of God and who He is. I tell you, there is nothing on this planet. There is no experience. There is no roller coaster. No drug. No intimate act. No no anything in this life that can measure up to or compare to the very essence of who God is. And His will and desire is not just a little little smile, not just a little happiness now and then. It is called fullness of joy and pleasure. That's my preacher voice. Pleasure forevermore. Forever. Forever. That's the way God is. And so really, if we recognize that and see that, it makes absolutely zero sense to withhold from Him or to draw back, or to get a totally false substitute in this world. I mean, such an inferior life is experienced outside of his presence. If anything, this should stir in us, at very minimum, an interest a spark that would say, man, how can I get there? How can I get in His presence? How can I draw so close to Him that I'm just overcome and overwhelmed with joy and pleasure? But it's nothing fake, phony, baloney, no false, no. Uh, it's, it's uh, nothing fleshy, nothing sinful, nothing to be regretted. Something to be valued and treasured. So sometimes I think if people feel like they're having a really good time, they feel bad about it. If it's really good, they feel like, am I doing something wrong here? There is a divine embrace that will leave you changed. It will satisfy your soul like nothing else. It will consume your life and reveal the emptiness of this world and what it has to offer. Turn to Him and welcome His fullness. That's the word the Lord gave me as I was studying yesterday. Psalm Psalm chapter 36. Let's go over there. Psalm chapter 36. Let's read over here verse 5. 36 and 5. Your mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Your righteousness is like the great mountains. Your judgments are a very great deep. O oh Lord, your you preserve man and beasts. How precious is your loving kindness, O oh God. Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. They are abundantly satisfied. Everybody say it. Abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house. And you give them drink from the river of your pleasures. Think about that. This is describing our God. This is describing Him. He is His mercy, His faithfulness, His righteousness, His judgments, His precious loving kindness. And everyone who trusts Him. What? They are abundantly satisfied. What if I could say of myself, I am not abundantly satisfied? Say, well, I'm kind of satisfied. No, let's not stop there. What if I'm not abundantly satisfied? Then maybe I'm not in the fullness of His house. Because He gives me to drink of the river of His pleasures you know heaven what heaven will be like pleasurable 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 do you know what earth is supposed to be like for everyone who is in Christ pleasurable pleasurable say but that just sounds like too good to be true i mean that just doesn't sound like real life because we have issues we have problems there we live in a fallen world that's the that's some of the key that i want to get into And I want to show you some of this later. But these things are independent of circumstances around. The person who relies upon everything falling into place in every area of the world is going to be disappointed. But there is a greater depth and and, and spirituality that is available to us. And if we tap in and if we recognize this, we will experience the full pleasure of God continually. Independent. Of what's happening around. Amen. You think about it. One of the things that the Lord has called us to leave when we gave our life to the Lord. How many know is is sin? The H- book of Hebrews calls it uh, calls the the pleasures of sin temporary doesn't say there aren't any pleasures in sin. It's the reason many gravitate. Many of us have done certain things because at the time it gave us pleasure, right? But the, the revelation is those pleasures are temporary. Now think about it. Knowing the character and nature of God, does He want you and I to leave a temporary pleasure of sin for a more permanent Blase, boring, unfulfilled life? Does he want us to leave pleasure for displeasure? Or does he want us to leave the worldly pleasure for a much greater and everlasting and far exceeding eternal godly pleasure? Yeah. You haven't been called to give up fun, you haven't been called to give up the good life. Your life just started to get good. We have just entered into something that is really worth living for, something so desirable when we gave our lives to the Lord and began to walk with Him. Praise God. Now, let me read a verse to you, a couple of verses from Genesis. It's Genesis 12, but I'm going to read a different translation that I doubt anyone has. Uh, in Genesis chapter 12, I want to read the first, actually, first three verses there. You can read along whatever translation you have if you'd like. This is the Moffat translation. It, it, it reads this way Said the eternal to Abram, Leave your country, leave your kindred, leave your father's house for a land that I will show you. Many of you know this story, all right? I will make a great nation of you and bless you and make you famous for your bliss those who bless you I will bless and anyone who curses you I will curse till all nations of the world uh, till all nations of the world seek bliss such as yours now that's that's interesting I thought well we use that word some And I thought, well, I just need to look this up. I just looked it up in an English dictionary, the word bliss. And it reads, perfect happiness, great joy. You know, and then how dictionaries do, they give you a little example. It said, she gave a sigh of bliss. It goes on to say, a state of spiritual blessedness, typically, that's reached after death. Of course, for some. Right? We laugh a little bit at that last part, but I think that's true. Even for the believer. Typically, most commonly, believers enter into this perfect happiness and great joy when they die. But there has been there have been no promises or no uh, restrictions placed on the believer that said that we have to wait until we till we die before we can have this type of bliss. In fact, he told Abram, this is pre-Jesus pre-new birth, pre-baptism in the Holy Spirit, pre-this glory that we live in and have available to us now. He said, I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to not only do that, I'm going to make you famous for how stinking happy you are. It is going to be known all around the land that you are so happy and you have such great joy that you live in this thing called bliss where's abram he's over there in bliss (laughs) we don't know why that's there's a town in idaho called that but (laughs) not certain what's going on there (laughs) but what i don't want to have 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 happen because i'm getting this in eternity you're getting this in eternity What I don't want to have happen is is I miss out on it prior to that point. If he gave it to Abraham, he said all the nations of the world are going to seek bliss such as yours. You're the standard. You're going to be the guy that says, I want to be happy like Abraham. I I want to have fulfillment and joy and satisfaction like he does. This... Is what people want. You want it as a a saved person. your, your, Your neighbor wants it as a lost person. People in different religions around the world. They want it and they're seeking different ways to get it. You and I have it living inside of us. The author of bliss. The author Of this great joy and satisfaction. And in His presence, that's what exists continually. God is not trying to ruin your life. (laughs) He is not trying to make you unhappy in any way. He is never asking you to give up something to the end result. You are kind of sad and displeased. You know the Lord when He talked to that, that, that rich young ruler in Mark 10. And, and he said, i would kept all the commandments, and what do I need to have, do to have eternal life? And, of course, he hadn't kept all the commandments. No one had. And, uh, uh, and one of his problems was he, he was an idol worshiper, didn't realize it. Um, but the Lord said, give everything you have. Give it away. Give it to the poor. Come follow me. You know, you know the Lord wasn't trying to ruin his life. You know the Lord wasn't, wasn't trying to subject that guy to live in poverty. The Lord was pointing out an issue that He didn't recognize that He had. That He was a sinner. He needed a Savior. And if He would have given that up, He would have followed the Lord. How many know His life would have been so good, He could hardly stand it? Look with me at John chapter 10. The world will leave you empty. The the pleasures of this world will be temporary. They might give you a a, a a short burst of feel good, a short burst of, of high, like you know, like I've said before about about Disneyland. They used to, maybe they still do. They they their motto was, "It's the happiest place on earth." Right? How I many know you can't live there? They make you go home after you let you've left your life savings <laughs> in their hands. <laughs> There's things in this world that are fine and that, we, you know, people can enjoy. There is something far greater. There is something, there is the presence of God that will make Space Mountain much more enjoyable. There is something in God that will make the intimacies of your marriage much more enjoyable. There is something in God that will make cookies and cream taste better. There is something in God that even in the absence of all those things, you will be so fulfilled and so satisfied with that you really could care less if you had anything of this world. Do you know in in heaven, not for a moment, are you going to miss your car? That brand new one. Or not for a moment in heaven are you going to miss some tense, some physical thing, some possession that you had on earth, or some experience. You're not going to miss it. Because it will pale in comparison. Pale in comparison to His presence and His glory. And I tell you again, we're called to experience it now. John chapter 10, this is one of our best verses verse 10 10 10 jesus said the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy i have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly i like this from the amplified it said the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy i came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows this is, this is what Jesus said. this is what I came to give. I came to give life on this level. I came to give life at this at this quality, life in this abundant measure. and it is life that will cause you to enjoy your life. It is life that will overflow from you. It is an abundant life. So why did Jesus come so we could go to heaven? No. no. He came so we could enjoy life. And we know that that life is only truly enjoyable in union with Him. And in connection with the Father, there is such an an overwhelming joy and satisfaction and pleasure available to us that this life then becomes enjoyable. Enjoyable. Someone would say, "Well, I, I think my life's pretty, pretty good already." You know, that's what keeps a lot of people away from God. They think, "I'm fine. I don't need that. I don't need anything. I'm, I'm good. Good by what standard?" And see, we have nothing often to compare it to. And we need now. now let's go into evangelistic mode here for the believer. If you're a, if you're a believer, your desire is for the world to be saved. Your family, your friends, but people you don't know. You want them to be saved. You know what they need to see? How happy you are. And not just, okay, uh, I'll smile from now on. I mean, praise God, you can put the smile on instead of a frown. We can make that choice. But literally, there is a relationship available where we are so close to to joy Himself, to pleasure Himself, that it's not a challenge for us. It's not like, oh, I've got to remind myself, be happy today. I'm just enjoying God. And when a person exudes that level of, of satisfaction and joy, it becomes very attractive. Even for the person who thinks life is all together working out just fine. So why did Jesus come? So we could go to heaven? No, no. So we could have joy and enjoy life now. This, this begins now and continues in heaven. God could have made life miserable. He could have put us on a concrete planet. Gave us each a fluorescent light bulb. <laughs> no sun, no moon, no blue sky, no mountains and seas, no animals, no color, no sex. Just live or exist. He could have. It's not. That's not the way he is. That's not the way he thinks. Amen. Do you want your children to be happy and enjoy their lives? How much more your Father in heaven? God even told Adam one of the first things he told him was where the gold was. Yeah. You know, God doesn't like gold, right? Jewelry. Of course he does. He told Adam where to get it. He said, the gold's over there. He set a value on it. Said so that shiny gold-colored stuff, that's the good stuff. Go get some. Well, he even told him that before Eve showed up. That makes sense. Right? I mean, want, want to get in good with your new wife, give her some gold. And so we must avoid the lie that says if you're serious about God and very spiritual, then you're going to carry around a burden. According to the Word, joy is strength. Depression is weakness. Laughter is very hel- a very healthy thing. have in your life. If you're involved in a religion where vast percentages of people are on uh, antidepressants and on drugs because they're so sad, (laughs) any one of those around here where, where most of the women are depressed and on drugs for, shouldn't that be a direct sign? shouldn't that be a direct indicator that God is not in what you're doing? I mean, you get closer to Him and you follow all the rules and do all the stuff and you're depressed. See, that, that just, those things just don't go together. And I'm telling you, for those who know this in a measure, those of us who know His pleasure, His joy, His presence in a measure, I tell you, it can be so overwhelming that you can hardly stand it. Ha <laughs> I tell you it can be so good that your life bubbles up and f- overflows with the, with his joy and his and his presence continually. What if the good life were so much more than enjoying good health and prosperity and family? What if your closeness to God could produce an experience that there was no human way to describe it? Paul had an experience and he said. I don't know how to say it. I can't put words to it. We're thankful for health and and prosperity and family and happiness, but I'm telling you all those things even compare to what is really him. Amen. I'm trying to stop but and I will. We got another service going on. Paul told us when you're absent of the body you're present with the Lord. And when we see this, we see this potential of our existence here, we're, not, we're going to stop running to the world to f- for fulfillment. Because, it, like I said, it pales in comparison. Amen. Father, thank you for what you're doing in our lives today. Thank you for, for your very presence. Hallelujah. Your very presence that fills and surrounds us. Lord, show yourself strong and mighty. In every individual's life now. Show yourself. In a way that doesn't make sense. In a way that doesn't compute with this our natural worldly thinking. The very essence of who you are. Is all by itself. Great joy. Great fulfillment. Hallelujah. Thank you for what you're doing in every heart and every life and every mind today. We invite and we welcome the fullness of you. Open your hands up to the Lord for a moment. It's kind of like we did last week. Just palms up. Receptive position. Say it with me. Say, Father God, I receive you in your fullness. In truth, show me who you are the way that you are fill me once again with your presence with your spirit and I will be full and I will know great joy and pleasure now and forever thank you Lord oh praise God thank you Lord for your fullness thank you Lord for the fullness of who you are You fill us once again. You fill us once again. We give you glory and honor and praise today. Thank you, Lord. Praise God.